Hi there, welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and among the seven sacraments, there are two that confer a special particular grace for the mission to serve and to build up the church. They help build up a healthy Christian society, and they help in the sanctification of the faithful. These two sacraments are holy orders, or the priesthood, and marriage. And as we've been speaking in the past episodes about the priesthood, in my last episode, I started speaking about marriage. So today I invited a recently married couple to discuss the value and importance of the sacrament of marriage. So hi, Ben. Hi, Shelby. Uh, How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Father? We're doing good. Great. Ben has been here before. Now Shelby is like uh, the new first time you've been here, right? Yes. First time on the podcast. Very good. Well, thank you for being with us today. So what have you been up to? Well, lately, um, we've been spending this week in Ann Arbor um, at my parents' house, which is nice. My parents had their 30th anniversary, so they're going on a cruise. Wow. And we are babysitting our three little siblings and the new puppy. Um, which is way more trouble than any of the siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, how long ago were you married? Have you been? How, how long have you been married? We have been married just over a year and a half. Okay, very good. And how did you get to know each other and so forth? Um, we met, we both went to Hillsdale College in Michigan, and we became friends um, at the beginning of our freshman year, actually. We were just in the same friend group. Mm-hmm. And so became friends from there and started dating, started dating at the end of our freshman year. Wow. So, Wonderful. Yeah, just kind of evolved out of friendship. Awesome. And now recently you did a trip. Where did you go? Uh, we went to Jerusalem, actually. Um, or, well, the Holy Land. Um, Jerusalem was part of it. Uh, we went just a week before Holy Week. Oh, um, wow. We were gifted the trip, which was very cool. Um, it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And what was, uh, how long was the trip? It was about a week and a half that we were there. Uh-huh. And what, Shelby, what was the highlight for you? So, by the way, you have always been Catholic? No, I, so I converted um, my sophomore year of college. So I wow. grew up Protestant and then became Catholic in college. And for me, the, yeah, it was wonderful getting to go to the Holy Land. Um, I'd never been there. It, like, yeah, it was just really cool. I think seeing the scriptures and the rosary, especially the mysteries of the, of the rosary, seeing the place at the places that those occurred Mm -hmm. um was really powerful especially coming back being able to pray the rosary and imagine where those places were um and where those events happened especially the annunciation being able to see the grotto where um angel gabriel came to mary and that's pretty incredible yeah really beautiful and then also just being able to see all the different layers of scripture the way that the old testament and the new testament happened in the same places so we'd go to different locations and you talk about, oh, this is where Abraham did this. And then this is also where the prophet did this. And then this is wow. also where Jesus did this. It's like all in the same place, which right. obviously I knew that. But seeing it in your eyes is really cool. And uh, you went to the Annunciation. Were you uh, at Mass at the place of the Annunciation? Yes. So we actually celebrated Mass at the place of the Annunciation on the Feast of the Annunciation. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Which was very cool. And did you see how they do in the, in the, in the readings that the angel Gabriel was sent to Mary to this town of Nazareth. Yes. Right? Because in the, in the Bible you read, uh, was sent to the town of Nazareth or something like that. But when you're in the place, they have the privilege to read in the, in the readings in this, time, in this town of 
Nazareth. So that's incredible. Yes, it was awesome. They did that in in many of the sites. Um, like we went to the uh, church over the house of Peter, uh-huh. which is next to the synagogue where Jesus preached. Capernaum, right? Um, yes, yes, Capernaum. Capernaum. Um, where Jesus preached John 6, the Mm -hmm. I am the bread of life Uh discourse. And so when the deacon was reading that uh, gospel, he pointed like right next door and he said, and Jesus said in this synagogue. Wow. um, So it was very cool to have it, yeah, come to life like that, especially in meditating on the rosary, like Shelby said, and just reading the scriptures. Um, What was the highlight for you of all your trip? Uh, Spiritually speaking, I would say. Spiritually speaking, I would say the, um, we walked, we woke up at, 4 a.m. one day, and we walked the Via Dolorosa, which is the path that Jesus took. It's it's basically the Stations of the Cross. Um, but in the real location? Uh, on the real, it, it's about eight feet above the real location because there's right. been so many buildings ruined and built on top of each other. But it still follows the original road that Jesus carried his cross. So we um, prayed the Stations of the Cross as we walked along that, and then we got to the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre at the end of it, mm-hmm. and we um, we got to touch the Rock of Calvary. Wow. And then we got to celebrate Mass at the Tomb of the Holy Sepulchre. What, what is the Rock of Calvary? Now, you say, we t- touched the Rock of Calvary. People may be like, oh, he, wrote, he touched the Rock of Calvary, and so forth. But what is that? Right. So, the Rock of Calvary is the rock where Jesus' cross was mounted on top of. Um, and Which so is impre- in- incredible. Yes. To be able to be there. Um, it was, our guide was telling us that, you know, if we would have touched that same rock 2000 years ago it would have or your hand would have come up sticky with blood right um right. so that was that was very moving um especially leading up to holy week and then having mass at the tomb of the holy sepulcher was great um because the priest celebrates the mass on the like well not on the actual tombstone on top but of it. on top of it on a on a rock on top of it and so when uh he does the Ecce Agnus Dei, or the Behold the Lamb of God, he walks out of the tomb, and he's holding Jesus walking out of the tomb, and so it's literally like the event of Easter right, happening right, right there. Um, so that's so he celebrates. I celebrated Mass there when I visited. So the priest celebrates Mass right on top of the place where Jesus was buried, mm-hmm. and where he rose actually rose from the dead. Yes. he was lying down, and the, they put a uh, like a ta- like a table. Um, like a plank where you say mass, but it's right on top of the place where Jesus was, which is pr- incredible. Yes, yes. So that was very powerful. Uh-huh. Very good. And okay, very good. So uh, you mentioned uh, you met in college. How old are you now? We're both twenty-three. That's awesome. Very good. And how did you? Uh, how did you know? Because some people. Uh, I talk to many college students and people who are dating and who are sometimes engaged. And before engagement, they're wondering how do they know that this is the right person, right? So getting into the marriage thing and and dating, which I'll ask some questions about, uh, because this is for college students, how did you get to know this is the person that I have to marry or that I should marry? I think Shelby probably has better things to say about that. She knew it it immediately. (laughs) Like, there's no question. Ben is the right person. (laughs) It's actually kind of the opposite, Um, which is why I feel sometimes when I, when people ask me about marriage stuff, I feel like I'm not giving very helpful advice because I dated um, multiple people before um, in high school and then leading into college. 
And as soon as Shelby and I started dating, I was just totally sure. Um, I was like, I absolutely want to marry her, which was funny because I, I had never felt that with anybody. And it wasn't even a feeling. It was just like, I just knew it, you know, um, especially because I knew I wanted to marry a Catholic and Shelby was not Catholic at the time. And she was, wasn't really even super open-minded to becoming Catholic. Um, but the more I was, I was really good friends with her. And the more we talked about possibly dating and the more I prayed about like whether or not I should date her, the more peace I felt that absolutely like I, I totally date her. Um, so it's very like I don't have a very good um helpful like, concept. Yeah, like a, a good meter of how to tell like it's like for me I just I knew immediately. Yeah. Right. But I guess it should have to do something with the qualities that you expect in a young woman. And we're going to talk about yes. that in a second. So Shelby, what would yeah, you say? Yeah. I think that for me it was a little bit different just because I wasn't Catholic and so um that was definitely like I guess, more of a problem on my mind. I was, oh, well, I guess I was just kind of my mode of thinking when we started dating was that I I wasn't sure if I wanted to marry Ben, but I, or if I would be okay to marry a Catholic, but I, I thought I would. I was like, you know what? Catholics have good faith. You know, Ben has a great faith. Um, and so maybe we would get married, um, but I kind of need to figure out, I don't know. So I kind of started we started dating on that note of like, okay, we respect each other's faith. We both worship the same God. But then as we started dating and getting more serious, I guess to me, it became more and more of a question of, okay, we should probably be on the same page in terms of of faith. Um, And Ben was just pretty sure he, yeah, like he described, he just kind of had a, I think, yeah, just a trust and an assurance that I didn't necessarily have. But I think that for me, that manifested more in just terms of me discerning the Catholic church and learning more about it and what it taught and realizing that I really wanted to become Catholic. And I think that I definitely had some doubts, not necessarily about our relationship, but, or like anything that was happening in our relationship, but more just worried that it was like affecting whether or not it was, that was the reason I was converting, or maybe it was putting too much pressure on my conversion or something like that. Um, Which I obviously is pretty specific to my situation, but I think sometimes people feel that um, in terms of their career choices or their college choices or other life choices, they get worried about um, whether or not their relationship is affecting those things. And I think that, honestly, the best thing that I did in that situation was just to take it to prayer. Um, because you can't just, you're a human being who has feelings, you know, mm-hmm. you can't just pretend like it's a pros and cons list or something. You know, you can't make it right. completely cut and dry, but you also can't just follow your feelings. So I think that praying about it and just, you know, like laying all of that, on, at the feet of God is the best thing to do. Um, and to ask God for guidance, right? right and help exactly. and strength and, and grace to discernment. It, there is a discernment process of sorts. Right? Exactly. Right. And I notice, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, again, as I have spiritual direction with people, I, I know that sometimes people get anxious once they're dating, dating for a while. And should I, should I propose? Should I not propose? And once they're already engaged, should I get married? Should we actually get married? And there's anxiety, which is normal, because you. the first reason why there's anxiety is because as Catholics, or even those who are not, and Christians, we should and we do take this step seriously. So because it's a lifelong commitment, we're going to talk about that in a minute, uh, lifelong commitment, I want to be the, the, making the right commitment, right? So 
there's a there's a normal level of anxiety just as with a priest that is going to be ordained a priest uh, or the, the seminarian that's going to be ordained a priest. Uh, there's some level of anxiety. So do you notice that there's that in your, was there that in yourselves and in others? Do you notice that? And to what extent is that normal? Or to what extent sometimes it can be an indication of something different, right? What do you think about, what's your, what's your take and what would you recommend to others? Because I've been asked a question, I answer the question, but I want you to give your input. Yeah, I think for me, I wasn't necessarily super, as soon as we got engaged, I was just planning the wedding, you know, like I wasn't, right, right. it was mostly in terms of just practicality, what needed to happen. But I know that the, probably the week leading up to the wedding, especially the last couple of days, I was definitely pretty nervous, kind of because of maybe the fact that I had never questioned it. I was like, well, have I ever really, maybe I never really thought about this hard enough. Maybe I should, you know, really start discerning this. Now. I don't know. Like I just kind of started overthinking it. Um, and I talked to my dad about it and he was very helpful in just being like, well, is there actually any reason that you, right. like what, it, what is giving you anxiety? And I'm like, well, it's just the fact that, well, maybe I don't know. And maybe I should know more than I know. And he's right. like, okay, that's not a real, that sounds more like, um, the devil just trying to lead you astray in a moment of decision. And I think that that often happens before you make any big decision is it's kind of, you know, the last chance of temptation out of our life's vocation and so it right. seems like, yeah, It to me, it just seemed like more of a distraction or like a my mind trying to play tricks on me kind of thing than an actual concern. So I think if you can just kind of apply some logic to it and think, okay, what am I actually concerned about here? And if it's just anxiety for anxiety's sake, that's probably not really worth taking into full consideration. But if it's an actual issue in your relationship of like, oh, he always does this or so, I don't know, some matter of character, I think that that is more the kind of thing that should actually give you pause. Right, right, right. Right, Ben, what's your what's your take? Yeah, I'd say a very similar thing. Um, I don't really remember being too nervous. Like I was, I was a little bit nervous during the engagement, but again, it wasn't anything like, I will talk about... Um, you know, you mentioned like what qualities should you look for in somebody. Right. And I never really doubted um, that it was like Shelby was everything I wanted um, in a wife. So it wasn't doubts about that. It was just I had never made a lifelong commitment right, before. Like, of course. I'd, I'd, natural. You know, I'd committed to things um, before, but nothing that serious. So that definitely made me nervous of just like, you know, do I have what it takes to <laughs> be right? Right. Um, a good husband, a yes. good dad. It, and it, but again, it was just kind of passing things. Like I, I, I just had a lot of trust in the sacrament and in just other married couples who I'd seen have great marriages. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So let's talk a little bit about dating because uh, that's part of the reason why I want to bring you in here. Um, you know, you've been dating and there's you see other people dating and some girls would like to date and they are not dating and some guys would like to date and they're not dating and some others are dating all the time with different people. So there's obviously a lot of confusion sometimes in, on, on what this is about. Uh, so why, as far or insofar as it affects marriage, why would you say that a period of dating or courting, what, how some, sometimes some people call it, why is that important and what are you supposed to look for in that time? I think that, and this happened definitely in our relationship, 
I think one of the biggest parts of dating is just the forming of a friendship. Um, I think that, um, I think later one of the questions was about like one of your favorite parts of marriage or something. Right. And I think just the deep friendship that you're able to have with somebody to, you know, have a lifelong commitment with them is one of the best parts of marriages of marriage so far for us, um, for sure. And so I think like any other friendship in your life, there has to be a period of that forming and kind of like coming into fruition. And I think dating is a really good place for that. I think the fact that kind of our, you know, they used to have arranged marriages and things. And so obviously you can't, like there's ways that marriages can happen and work without dating, I guess. Um, But I think that it has really, I don't know, the fact that 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 people start dating before they get married, I think is really beautiful because it allows, um, yeah, friendship to grow in a really natural way into marriage. I mean, sometimes it's not supernatural or what, you know, I mean, like sometimes there's problems in that, but um, then you kind of get to discern that before marriage. So I guess it's a period of discernment and an opportunity for um, friendship to grow. Yeah. I think the other thing, like, I think the main purpose is, yeah, discernment of you need to just get to know this person and see, are would you want to be married to this person? And there's very basic questions to answer of do they like do they have the same basic principles as you? Do they understand right. marriage to be a right. lifelong commitment, or do right. they, yeah. you know, leave a back door open on that? Um, you know, are they open to children or right. it, it all? So all of those things, I think a lot of people know that. Um, and and I think so. One thing I see, and obviously, it's you want to you want to date purposefully, like you want to date with the intention of um, discerning whether or not this person will be your spouse. I think sometimes, um, like in our friends or um, in us before we were married, I think sometimes people take that to an extreme, though. Of you know, like dating is supposed to be purposeful. I need to find my spouse, and I think people can take that too seriously and. Right like be scared to even go on a first date right, right because right, they're right. not sure i don't want to get you know, married to her yeah, it's like <laughs> i'm not sure i want to marry this person it's like that's the point right um so i think um i like i just in in my friends i just encourage people like yeah take you know go on a bunch of first dates of course um it's course. good as you know if you're being if you're living a, a virtuous life that's not something that's gonna lead you astray right um if you're doing it purposefully. So it's like... Right, and the first date doesn't have to be all, like, we're getting married after this, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. Isn't? Yeah, it's just, it's like seeing if you guys click at all, right? You right, know? right. So, and also because by meeting different people, then you can meet other people that they introduce you to. If you're, if you, if it went well, but you see this is not the person I'm getting married to, maybe they, oh, you know what? I know this guy that is great. I went on a date and he, you know, I, whatever, you know, those things happened as well, happen as well. And maybe the first date, then you go to a second date, then the third date, and then you realize, no, this is not the person. But at the beginning, it's not as drastic, but you do have to go on dates, right? So, and the, my reason of uh, suggesting that is it's better to go on dates with somewhat of a, an awareness, okay, I want to go on a date to get to know this person first, as opposed to the, the hookup culture, right? That yes. is, we go on dates, but we're not really, not even remotely interested in getting to know each other, you know? Yeah. And that's right. what yeah. I, I think it's something that as Catholics and Christians uh, or human beings, we should avoid because it's not respectful to the other person. It's like a manipulation of the 
of the time of the other person and the the the, the body of the other person, right? Right. Yeah, totally. So in that sense, how uh, if you were to because you teach CCD or you teach catechism, what is it that you teach? Somebody? Yeah, yeah, catechism to uh, three to six year olds. Perfect. That's awesome. So imagine you were to teach catechism to high school <laughs> students or college students. Uh, how would you say purity is important during dating and why? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. Obviously, the scripture and the Catholic Church teaches that. I think it's really ultimately important because if we understand, like in theology of the body, if we understand marriage as a full gift um, of you know, your heart and body and your whole person to your spouse. Obviously, there's really obvious ways in which like pure, having purity um, is really important in order to like maintain your whole person intact and your whole heart intact um, right, so that say, you can give that as a gift to your spouse. Right. To save yourself from marriage, is, mm -hmm. it has a meaning behind it. Right. Exactly. And even if that person is going to be your spouse, even if you're engaged and you know you're going to marry that person, I think even purity with that person before you're married can help you give yourself better after you're married. Of course. Um, just in, yeah, in a lot of emotional ways and yeah. Yeah, I'd say a similar thing. Um, I think also just, it, it, like I think it helps you have clearer judgment. Um, it's a very... It, it is a very natural, like human beings are emotional and physical and spiritual beings. And so... And rational. Yeah, and <laughs> rational. Some of us. Um, some of us less than others. Um, so it's a very natural progression when you start becoming more emotionally intimate with somebody. You're, you, it feels natural to want to become more physically intimate with them. Um, but... For the sake of having a, this clarity of discernment mm -hmm. of do I want to make a lifelong commitment to this person? It, it's important to um, kind of keep your keep your judgment clear, um, and also just you don't like you don't stop practicing purity and chastity once you become married, right? Um, and and you also don't start practicing it once you're seriously dating somebody. Right. So it's just something you. You have to be practicing, like if you're if you're in a period a of virtue. singleness. Yeah, you you practice these virtues um, before you need them, <laughs> so course. that they're there when you need them. Um, Perfect. So yeah, right. And also, as you were saying, uh, the purity or relationship that is pure helps the people have a more personal relationship. So I what I typically say: if you really want to have a relationship with this person, you want it to be pure. It has to be pure because the more pure it is, the more virtuous that it is, the more God will be in that relationship and the more you get to know who the other person is as yes. a person. Mm -hmm. And also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but I think I would, I, this is what I suggest as well, um, purity even with a fiancé before marriage, maintaining purity as the Catholic Church teaches and the gospel teaches and Jesus Christ teaches, mm -hmm helps you know or trust the other person when they have to go on a trip or something. Because, you know, we were pure before when we had to be, and I can I can be sure they will, he or she will continue to be pure, or try at least to be pure in this situation, even though we're married, right? So it helps uh, the, the, the couple trust each other a bit more, I, I think. I don't know, not necessarily and always, but it's a human aspect of it, right? Um, yes. 
So Ben, uh, as far as dating goes then, what would you say that a young man should look for in a future wife? Uh, which is a, I know, it, I don't know how to phrase the question, but it's like, what what does uh what would your typically guy expect in a girl, but not any guy because we know <laughs> that some guys are like kind of not very well. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so a good guy, a respectful yes. guy, a Catholic a Christian guy, right, a virtuous person. What would he try to find in a in a young woman that he is hopefully going to marry? Yes. Um. <laughs> thanks for the clarification. Right, and I say that, <laughs> yes. and I and I clarify that because many. Like the media, social media, the programs, TV programs, uh, shows, and movies make girls think that guys are expecting something specific of them in order to uh, like have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that many times those are lies. So the, that's why the question. Yes. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think just in... Uh, it's like trying to think of the order to lay it out. The the first thing um, that drew me to Shelby was definitely um, she was just very fun and very funny. Like mm-hmm. so, that's a lot of times your initial attraction to somebody. Well, honestly, my initial attraction was that she was really pretty. So <laughs> you should definitely be. Thank you. <laughs> um, even before like I I talked to her. Um, so it, the the initial things that attract you aren't necessarily the most important, but they. They should be there. Like right, they should. break the ice to be able to say, I'll say hi to this girl. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, you should be definitely attracted to them. And then um, just, yeah, be able to be friends with them. Um, but then beyond that, in, in ter- there's, there's plenty of people um, who fit those criteria. So then you're looking for somebody who is just a virtuous person who, who lives out their faith. Well, somebody who is faithful, first of all. Right. Like, um, you can't really... If that's not there, there's so many things that that won't be there. So, so somebody who, um, and I would say if you're a Catholic, like somebody who's Catholic, I didn't really follow that, but I just somehow I knew that it was going to work. Out. Know, it was going to work out, and it did, and it did. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So somebody who who's a faithful Catholic, who who's virtuous. Um, honestly, for Shelby and I, like the the life that we t- dreamed about was, um just a, kind of a, a traditional family life right? Um, where I'm working and, and she's staying home. And so there are so many qualities of that where it's like, wow, she would be such an amazing wife. Um, she's just very selfless. It's really good listener. Um, she's like the best cook I've ever met. Um, so that's <laughs> definitely positive. Like there's, I never really thought about that before I got married. Right. Um, but that wouldn't be very fun to be married to somebody who like, if, if she's going to be doing all the cooking is not a great cook. Um, but they can learn. But they can learn. Yeah. Can so learn. and most um, of it, I did learn yes. after we got married. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you're, you're kind of a natural. Um. So, but yeah, Shelby. Shelby's the most virtuous woman I've ever met. She's just extremely faithful. Um. And I think probably the the other biggest thing, which again goes with virtue, is is making sure that um it's somebody who has similar expectations to you right of you you don't marry somebody and then say hey i think you should stay home with the kids uh, like you got to figure that out beforehand yes. i was not planning on doing that <laughs> yeah and then the but the biggest one especially in our culture nowadays is making sure that they have the same understanding of marriage as you have exactly. like before i married shelby i knew that she understood marriage to be a lifelong commitment you know everything we said in our vows of in sickness and in health for better or for worse right. 
there's no one man one woman yes it's for life absolutely yeah there's no like if things get hard we can just kind of nix this and try again right um it's just like th- this is it um very yeah. good and shelby what what is what would you say uh that a young woman looks for in a future husband or in a, in a young man that you're gonna date let's say sure yeah i think that um very similar to what ben said obviously cute funny whatever you know all the initial right. things um but on a deeper level i think obviously you want somebody who's honest um definitely i think one of the things for me was just the way that ben was able to be vulnerable like i think a, an ability to be vulnerable emotionally and i think you have to you know take that in with wisdom and discretion and do that in degrees as you're dating um <laughs> yeah having discernment too um in those kinds of things but an ability to be self-aware um and i think i guess maybe an encompassing word for that would just be yeah like wise somebody mm-hmm. who can make good decisions um i think it was just just how ben conducted himself like even just financially like i think you have to have a respect for somebody and how they of course. if they are super spendy or if they have you know lots of credit card debt or i don't know like right. obviously those aren't necessarily deal breakers but if one if you have very different views on that that's pretty hard um and then i think the last thing i was thinking of is just how the other person handles challenges i think is really important um i think in conflict between yourselves i think some of those like just being aware of those things um or even just conflict with you know your own families or you know issues right. at work or school it's like how does that person function under pressure because once you get married and if you have kids it's like there's going to be a lot of pressure that's not necessarily there when you're in college and you have you know it's like grades or your responsibility but there's not that much at stake um and when you're dating there's not that much at stake in your relationship it's like worst comes to worst you break up and you find somebody else but once you're married there's a there's a whole lot more consequences to how you're able to I don't know handle conflict or whatever. So just taking notes on those kinds of things and or just making mental notes and being aware that even small things are gonna add up. And so um, yeah, just like somebody who can function well under pressure and is aware and able to yeah be emotionally vulnerable. I feel like those are the main things. Right, so let's see, would you say that uh, a young man will look for a girl that, and, and this is varies a little bit, but not necessarily that she's like the prettiest girl in the room or anything or whatever, but that is, uh, will be a good mother for my children, right? That mm-hmm. she will be right. a responsible wife, that she will be able to um, also care, care for me, like love me, right? Uh, and then... As a woman, you would expect a young man who is respectful, mm-hmm. who who is willing to uh, sacrifice himself for you, right? Right, um, and that he not necessarily that he is like a super fighter and like super right. <laughs> muscular and has you know rough or whatever, but that he is work hardworking, right. right? That he and he's virtuous. He knows, and as you said, like under pressure, ha- knows how to respond patiently. And uh, wisely, and uh, in a in a moderate way, like not right. brutal way, like go off the roof and craziness and so forth. Exactly. Uh, okay, which is interesting because that's not what the today's culture tells us, right? right. It, it's a very different um, uh, idea that is 
almost fed into our brains through all the different media outlets that is very different from what Catholics or Christian families should be like, right? Yeah, and I think that there's even just sometimes, like kind of the caricatures that you're talking about are just different than um, how people actually are. Yes, like girls might be expecting, or I guess, yeah, girls might be looking for different things, but also like there's a lot, I don't know. Like sometimes in media, they make men out to be, you know, only after certain things or only like very unemotional, very brutal kind of things. And I think girls sometimes worry that that's how all guys are. And I don't think that that's actually true. I think a lot more guys are out there are sensitive and want to take care of people. um, Right, right. Absolutely. And I would say, I think it was good that you pointed out that it's like, they don't have to be like the prettiest girl in the room too because, you know, I already took her, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so they have to choose someone else, right? (laughs) Okay, thank you for all those insights. Now, considering that we're about 30 minutes into the interview, we will wrap it up here and continue this interview in the next episode. And to all those who are listening, I hope you liked this episode. Please make sure you follow us on Apple or Spotify or in the platform you use to listen to this podcast. And we hope to see you next week to continue the interview with Ben and Shelby. May God bless your day.